This episode of the Colton Culture Podcast is presented by Thunder Road Guitars. Thunder Road Guitars is the Pacific Northwest best source of premium, new, used, and vintage guitars, amplifiers, and pedals. Online or in their Seattle and Portland shops, you'll find fantastic customer service and a terrific vibe. Real people offering real service. Use code ColtCulture10 to get 10% off at www.thunderroadguitars.com. The DistroKid app is available for iOS and Android. You can now get an additional 30% off if you go to distrokid.com forward slash VIP forward slash Colt. That's distrokid.com forward slash VIP forward slash Colt. Or you can get it in the App Store. The new gold standard of audio repair, Isotope RX11, is coming in May. In the meantime, you can buy RX10 now, on sale, and get RX11 absolutely free when it's released. Colton Culture listeners get 10% off by using the code FRET10. F-R-E-T-1-0, that's code FRET10 at isotope.com, I-Z-O-T-O-P-E.com. Fuck. All right, let's we're rolling. Rolling. Planet B presents presents culture podcast. Welcome to episode thirty-four of the Colton Culture Podcast. I'm Justin Pearson, and I'm not. <laughs> this is Luke Hinshaw. Man, this episode has the legendary D Styles on it from so much stuff. Yeah, yeah. He's uh, one. He's a very good friend of mine for. Probably about 25 years. He's Fuck. a new friend of mine, and I'm fucking yep. psyched. Yep. Invisible Scratch Pickles, uh, Beat Junkies, uh, Low End Theory, which I don't know if it's still going, but he does have a project I do want to mention. Uh, it's called 545, and it's him, Excess, Mike Boo, and Private Peep Show. And it's fucking interesting because they travel to all to different places in the world. I think the last one they traveled to Thailand and they go and rent out mm. music studios and then they lock themselves in there pretty much. I think it's for like five days and they start from scratch and record a whole album. It was pretty fucking dope. Does the instrumentation change? Yeah, they just all kind of just pick different roles, but yeah. And it's They're all, all turntablists. All or? of them. Oh, okay. So I thought maybe there's like other people jamming. And yeah. Stuff. No, it's all. It's a turntable <clears> band. <throat> That's sick. So, um, man, I, it's crazy because he's featured on the upcoming Planet B album, mm-hmm. and it really blew my mind. I I grew up like with breakdancing, dancing, and like a lot of hip hop and like cu- turntablist kind of stuff. But like it was really having myself be on a song with someone brought it like full force I, mm-hmm. I just i mean i already loved the craft and the instrument and the the sound that the sounds that come from that kind of stuff but like being on a song with that guy just changed the game for me it's it's so fucking sick yeah, yeah. um and he's just an awesome dude he's so cool mm-hmm. we had we had like a moment where he was like i think we have a mutual friend sunny k and i was like that was a yeah. trip because um if you guys aren't familiar with Sonny K, you should be. Uh, he was in Angel Hair and the VSS, and he ran GSL Records. Um, yeah. He's kind of like Sonny is like me, or is it, to me is sort of like D Styles to you. Like we're just old friends. Yeah, um, small world. Yeah, small world. It's pretty rad. Um, but yep. it's cool that we dove into like a lot of the. Well, you'll you'll hear it in a, in a minute, but mm-hmm. uh, y- y- um, we dove into like the sort of like parallels of different genres of music and, and sort of redefining it or like making it something 
unique or your own, which, um, because it is a unique instrument. Like turntablism is like mm-hmm. sort of the, like to me, and it's not a, this is no disrespect, but it's sort of like n- noise. I mean, yeah, musically totally. speaking, it's not like, oh, that's the, 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 the key, you know, the whatever fucking musical structure of something. It's yeah. totally redefining. There's so much uh, hate and debate in regards to like, oh, is this an instrument? And, and fuck yes it is by (laughs) far like fuck those people um and it was cool to have him down even though it was super short but uh i think he flew in like at 11 and we went to go eat lunch came here we recorded a video for the planet b song and then podcast Podcast. and then kindred and then he was out yeah (laughs) yeah back to the airport pretty much yeah so it was a cool day yeah it was um, man, what a, what a fucking amazing mm-hmm. dude! I'm I'm psyched. I can't wait for um you know you guys to check out this podcast. Obviously, the new Planet B record as well. Um, the song sp- mm-hmm. specifically that features him is just so insane. Um, yeah, I don't, there's a lot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, cool. And then I'd like also like to give a shout out to uh this episode sponsor. Um. It's a t-shirt company called Low Level. It's L-O-L-L-V, sorry, L-O-W-L-V-L. They gave me this shirt here. Um, if it brings me to my knees, it's a bad religion. <laughs> has nothing to do with the band bad religion, but it is definitely on the offensive tip. Um, they have this other shirt. It's one of my favorites. It says, fuck Ronald Reagan and his war on drugs. Yes. Um, that one goes over really well at, um, everywhere. especially at like yoga class. Yoga <laughs> goes really well. They're like, hey, nice shirt. And I'm like, oh, fuck, I'm wearing that shirt says uh it says fuck that dead guy on it anyhow um if you check out their site they have tons of weird uh stuff um weird in a good way um uh, uh, weird, weird shirt designs and if you uh enter the uh let's see there's a product there's a uh, discount code um if you just enter shirts uh you'll get 20 percent off your order um which is great yeah it's a lot and I just, you know, I just would say check it out. They're just, it's a rad company. Um, their stuff is very, like, has this sort of cool DIY feel to it, um, which a lot of people try to rip off or emulate mm-hmm. and don't pull it off. So I think uh, Low Level definitely d- does. Um, they're, they're rad. So check them out. Um, pick up a shirt. Uh, check out D-Styles. And uh, fuck, here we go. Like. Uh, yeah, so uh, D Styles. Uh, I have a couple gr- different groups: um, Invisible Scratch Pickles, B Junkies, uh, another group called Five Four Five, and uh, yeah, that's uh, that's about it. We've been trying to get this podcast going for fucking a long ass time. So welcome. Nah, man, we thank go. you. Man. Yeah, I'm excited. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, just watching you perform today too on the Planet B song was pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've seen it, but it was just rad to see you do it to the song I've been, unfortunately, having to listen to way too much. You know, <laughs> in the studio. I know how that is. Man. Yeah. 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 Um, so how can we start at the beginning, like how you got into this and, and where, where it all came from for, for you? Uh, in the scratching? Yeah. I mean, um, yeah. Like 80, 45, um, breaking came to, uh, the West coast and, um, you know, I, I tried to dabble in all of it. I tried to rap, I tried to beatbox, graffiti, um, break and, and scratch slash DJ. And for some reason, scratching just felt natural like it felt like that was my my voice that was my calling 
And so I, I stuck with it. I was whack at everything else, man. I sucked at, at, <laughs> at rapping. I couldn't rap. I, couldn't. I would love to hear that. Yeah, you don't want to hear that. <laughs> I have tracks of me rapping, really? so we Holy should start a rap group. I'd love shit. to hear that shit. Oh, my God. I have it here. I'll show it to you before you I'll leave. I'll do the turntables. Oh, yeah, my yeah, God. We'll just be wait, the worst wait, so what was your rap name, then? Did you, did you I never one? had Oh, one. you weren't even at that level yet. Then. Yeah. yeah oh, no, gotcha. Man. I did, like, two songs. And it was okay. like, this is not I thought you got a name first, and then you start rapping. No, no. I was backwards. MC backwards. MC backwards. <laughs> oh man but yeah i i tried to do it all and, and scratching came natural i felt like so i stuck with that you know what i mean and um you know i've i've gone through different phases where where i was practicing every day and i got into battling and then i got sick of it and i was like fuck this this is bullshit and i stopped and um but i would always come back to it man and um you know um i'm lucky to still be here this till this day still doing it you know yeah still relevant yeah. 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 So you kind of, you know, insinuated some of your, I guess, influences, but what made you, I don't know, like, it's just, to me, it's such a, I too was into breakdancing and hip hop in the 80s, mm-hmm. but I I got derailed by skateboarding and, and punk, but um, to me, like, I always looked at it as such a bizarre mu- form of music or art form, I guess, because it, it, and a lot of it to me equates to like for, for like punk where it's like not musical mm-hmm. and so <clears throat> and i don't mean that in any disrespect right, but like right, it right. is like to someone that like you know goes to berkeley or whatever they'll be like that's not an instrument you know but right. it's a fucking instrument uh, right. I, and i just i can't even imagine how you would approach that or like do you feel like maybe you came up with it evolving yeah i mean it's it, it's very uh punk rock ish like you know sure. what i mean as, as far as the sound and it's like a weird fucking language that only a few speak, you know what I mean? Only scratchers can understand what I'm what I'm really doing. And it's it's interesting you bring that up as far as the whole, you know, it's it's you know, to a classically trained ear, music ear, it sounds like noise, right? So I think my goal has been to to really try to make it sound more musical and more music musical to the uh to the average Joe, you know what I mean? And so when I scratch, that's kind of my my goal is is to sound as ear friendly as as possible. Huh. You know what I mean. That's where you would yeah. say the average Joe, because I feel like the average Joe would be like, "That's sick." Where like mm. someone that's like classically trained would be like, "That's garbage." Mm. Yeah. So you'd have to like win them over. Yeah, but I mean, to be honest, like I, I'll probably never even win them over. Like, yeah, fuck forget them, right? it. Yeah, like they're they're never gonna be on the same page and huh. and not see the beauty of it. I mean, scratching is is very. It's like a, a bastard language. Like it's something that uh-huh. that came. Um, from fucking, you know, from the early days of of hip hop, and and it wasn't supposed to be this musical art form, and you know, guys that came before me, you know, advanced it, and and I learned from them, and and I'm trying to like carry on that that torch, you know. Yeah, it I mean? was just like a a, a filler, like a yeah, drum fill, a drum and fill. now it's a lead. It's a right. lead. Yeah, like, yeah, it was like a sound effect in the mm-hmm. background. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it, it was guys like you know, Grand Mixer, mm-hmm. DST. He did the scratching on that song "Rocket" with Herbie Hancock, oh. and he had this like two-minute solo that was unheard yeah. of back yeah. then. Yeah, and he was yeah. on, you know, on the uh, one of the best songs ever, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean that that song did it for me right there. That's when I saw it as a as a musical instrument. You know? Also, too, the fact that it was like an established, well-recognized musician, Herbie Hancock. Yeah, in mm-hmm. the jazz world, he's right. like he came out with that shit at the right time. I mean, right. breakdancing was a deal, the big deal, and. Mm-hmm. Fuck, that was the best song. Yeah, and that video was bugged out too. You yeah, remember the video? Yeah. So great. Some fucking weird, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah. anything Herbie Hancock touches is going to be on that level. 
I think. Yeah, but the fact that he gave someone like Gremmick the, the shine. To do it. Yeah. Yeah, and they were on totally. these award shows and, you know, totally. whatever. Soul Train and all these. Yeah, yeah it's crazy, man. I mean, yeah. I don't want to, like, diminish it, but, like, mm -hmm. right time, right place, right time, because it was, that was, like, all of the hype, you know, breakdancing and stuff and, and, and rapping or whatever was, like, the, right. the shit. So when Herbie Hancock did it, I mean, that was my introduction to Herbie Hancock as a kid. I didn't know who he was as a jazz mm -hmm. artist. I was too young. Totally, like, me too. Uh, yeah, I was me just too. like, this guy. Yeah. And then I went and Same got all his other records, and I'm like, I'm not a big fan of his other stuff. I just Ooh, want that. Right. Okay, I'm sorry, but as like a 10-year-old or what? Nine, oh, as, as a 10-year-old. I was I just like, it. what? Yeah. I want the robot shit. Right, you know? right, right. Like, Sonically, mm -hmm. it sounded so different, yeah. right? Yeah. I, I know. It took me a minute to mm -hmm. mature. I, I just wanted, yeah, you know. Okay. No, you were 10. I get it. I get it. Like, as a 10-year-old, I probably would have not liked... I think at the time, I remember, like, Falco oh, had that song, Rock Me Amadeus, like, yep. all that bullshit, you know? Yeah. Right, right, right. Um, I liked bullshit when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But, you know, I think that was the beauty of it back then, you know, in the in the <clears throat> early to late 80s was there was the, that weird fusion experimentation going on with drum machines mm -hmm. and with just weird, you know, vocals and scratching and shit like that, right? Yeah. So, yeah, that was a good time for music, I think. Yeah. Or, <clears throat> like, maybe a little bit after that was like st i don't know stuff like like industrial music like i remember like ministry and stuff mm -hmm. where you're like well, it, you couldn't tell if, like i remember seeing ministry with two drummers and then figuring out that there was actually no drummers on the record you know oh, and sure. that, that was a that was a weird thing too right. but I, but yeah. i liked that like it was strange sounds you know they were like right. sampling mm -hmm. drills and shit you mm. know like that's cool right right redefining uh, the way people looked at it yeah even groups like art of noise <laughs> Uh, you know, we're just doing like mm -hmm. weird shit like that. And, you know, that was the they early days have, of sampling. They didn't have scratching on it, did they? No, but they would sample something that sounded like scratching, and they'd sample weird like noises, you know, cows yeah. and sheep. Yeah. And, you know, that band was great too. Yeah, but also too, I feel like yeah, maybe all the stuff at the time, like the Herbie Hancock video and Outer Noise video, like were just so visually. Um, it was like it was like seeing like I don't know what was like a, like Terminator, or, you yeah. know, something. It was just like weird apocalyptic mm -hmm. stuff post future whatever i don't know right yeah do you have any like <clears throat> i see it all the time on fucking instagram facebook how do you feel towards like those haters that are like that like oh turntables this is not an instrument this is not you know and they're so stuck they're just like you're a fucking button pusher <laughs> and to me i have it as the same take as just like you're taking a sound you're manipulating the sound and if and if and if the say if it's true for the person who says that, then it would be the same as like a synthesizer. If I'm playing a You're saxophone, pushing the button. If I'm playing a saxophone mm -hmm. through a keyboard, mm -hmm. then I'm not a fucking piano player. Mm, you right. know what I mean? Or right. a keyboardist or whatever. Does that not phase you or does right. like? I mean, you're always gonna get those kind of jackasses you know all the time. I mean? But it's I don't know. I I like I'll come across that once in a while mm -hmm. and um I don't know I don't really get bothered by it they're, they're, yeah. I guess I'm used to it I always mm -hmm. have had haters and doubters and stuff uh like yeah. YouTube is the worst man like YouTube comments uh, um you're doing I, something right if they're talking shit yeah. <laughs> yeah right like they spent that time typing that like I don't go talk shit about stuff that sucks right right totally yeah. Yeah. I'm like it just yeah. sucks yeah. I don't care sometimes I think it's my friends just kind of tr trying to troll me like, <laughs> it's me that's yeah, you right <laughs> but yeah dude so. I do that so many times <laughs> <laughs> I have a few accounts that I, I might do that with but but yeah you know I don't know I, I, I don't try to get too too emotional with it I think. yeah yeah <laughs> also too it's like I think 
10 out of 10 times someone that's talking shit can't do it right like, yeah. good luck trying to fucking do that there are some people right. that don't even try but I think here like it's just to set the record straight it's an instrument mm-hmm. it's a fucking instrument yeah, you know. no, no, it is totally, man. It is. What we just came up on the anniversary of hip hop, and they've been like um, m- making it known that like turntable uh, turntablism is like a thing, like a, a mm-hmm. recognized uh, instrument, you know, yeah. DJing and stuff too, and like yeah, it's weird. One thing I've noticed though is all that celebration stuff. I mean, they they're always highlighting the the the, the MCs, the rappers more. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, a little bit of the DJs, and if if they do give um, any any love to the to the DJs, it's more of like the mix DJs, and not really the turntablist side. Yeah. You know what I mean? We don't really get that that shine. You know what I mean? So, I mean, you know, hip hop is so different from what it was in the '80s, and and now it's it's all about the rappers. It seems like, and you know, they don't give shine to the to the b boys. They don't give mm. shine to. The graffiti artists, yeah. you know what I mean, and the the turntablists. You know? Well, so <clears throat> I I was always a big. I grew up obviously liking the Beastie Boys. Yeah. But it, what, what, until I figured out who Mixmaster Mike was, I was like, oh right. shit, he's making all the music that I like, like right. the sound stuff. Like Beastie Boys are great as MCs, right. but it was like. Ooh, they're really great beat makers too, though. Yeah, but but yeah. once I figured out when I was because then I was I was getting Mixmaster Mike's solo records and I was like holy shit. Shit, this is the next level. Right, uh, right. very uh, influential for me. Right, uh, mm-hmm. even with like the locust and stuff, I was like, all oh, these sounds are amazing. Right. So, so I think it, 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 and I, and still like to most of the average Joes, they wouldn't know who Mixmaster Mike was, mm-hmm. you know. And that's kind of a trip because you're right, you know, mm-hmm. people just look at the singer or whatever, you know, the MCs or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, going back to Mike, man, I feel like <clears throat> that was his. Um, his calling in life it was it was it, he was meant to be with them mm-hmm. you know what i mean he added so much to that to that group and, and to the sound and i felt like he what he brought was a breath of fresh air it was, it was kind of what they needed you know what i mean uh. at the time and that live element you know since they they came from you know from their backgrounds of, of being that band type of stuff he brought that live part back in and doing mm. stuff live i love you know? uh hurricane Mm. was so dope mm-hmm. with the BC Boys yeah. and especially that track he did with Ad Rock on um, Trespass was that movie with Ice-T what's that oh. movie uh, Stick em Up whatever Ad Rock and Hurricane okay. but I do think Mixmaster Mike helped the, like, the BC Boys take it to and that obviously introduced turntablism to a lot of fucking people it did like especially that three MCs and one DJ yeah, uh, video was, yeah. and just his sound it 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 blended so well with 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 mm-hmm. their sound you know what yeah. I mean? yeah, and I think he knew it too as you're saying like it was a calling. <clears throat> his ass fucking took the opportunity like he worked hard for that because mm-hmm. he would leave the messages yeah. with just scratching with the wah wah pedal and all yeah, that like yeah. Wait, what they probably yeah Mixmaster Mike I guess got uh, I think it was MCA's number and would just keep calling him and like hey check out this new scratch with the wah wah pedal <laughs> yeah, that I did yeah, yeah he would so, leave like messages they probably got tired of it and were like fuck it come in the band I know but the fact is they saved it and they used it on the, on the, the album. album as a little yeah. like skit kind of thing oh yeah yeah yeah, so. yeah and Hello Nasty mm-hmm yeah. So it's like, I mean, it is. A, I mean, I guess yeah, because you because you were saying that like you look at it as a I forgot how you how you put it like a solo right mm-hmm. like you're soloing. 
Yeah. But then, but then, do you end up blending in for the? What do you do for the rest of the song? Um, I mean, so you know, if if there's a if there's a open part where you know where they give you that that shine, yeah, then that's when that's you're gonna go off for your whatever sixteen yeah. bars. Yeah. But I think as a as a mu- musician and and if, if you're like a mature one, you, you know when to when to, when to go off and when not to. Sure. You know what I mean? So, so okay. Yeah. But yeah, like with with Mike, I mean, he you know they would give him those those moments to shine and and he knew when when to go off and you know mm-hmm. him being a uh turntable musician he knew when to to lay out also you know what i mean and that's kind of the art of mm-hmm. it all yeah yeah um did you ever sorry not to no, cut you ahead. off but when i mean going back i don't want to make this the fucking beastie ways podcast <laughs> but when uh, shit, I forget what air it was, but mix when the BC Boys were with Mixmaster Mike after Hello Nasty, mm-hmm. I think it was even before the Hot Sauce Committee or all that. When they were touring, they just dropped out all of the BC Boys original beats and went back to old school hip hop beats. And Mike would mm-hmm. fucking play old break beats and just cut. And yeah, would, like they yeah. would just come in and out and do like thirty minute shows of just like he would mix the whole fucking show right it was fucking right. so so and, dope and that's what's dope is they brought it back to that so they would so mike would make show vinyl just for rocking those oh, yeah. shows you know he'd only press up whatever 10 copies and he'd put mm-hmm. all the the breaks and all that and he would do that stuff live so if it would skip it it skips it and they skipped. have to just roll with it and, yeah. and that's kind of oh. part of the being spontaneous yeah. part of it man. so in their set would he be like the opening act and then they would and then he would just keep i think he them. would he would open up like do a 10 minute get the fucking crowd hype yeah and then yeah then they would play mm-hmm. i mean no offense to him but i'm i was i'm captivated like so if i if i was to like see you just do a set mm-hmm. i could fucking be watching that shit and be so into it. I mean, mm-hmm. obviously the Beastie Boys are great performers and yeah. the whole thing, but uh, you know, I'd, to see that happen on its own, where 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 you're not distracted by three MCs, you're just like, right. I'm gonna watch this motherfucker do this thing. Yeah. Oh, right, right. And what's crazy is is uh, Mike has gone on to like do, you know, he opened up for Metallica, Metallica and uh, he's sucks, uh, he's on man. another a few other tours, but. <laughs> But you know what I mean? Like, yeah. he's gone on to these big, like, mm-hmm. Coliseum type of things. Yeah, he's doing, know, so. like, Slipknot or something right now where they're something, doing, like, digital yeah. fucking Right, right. My, my, like... Wait, he's <laughs> in Slipknot? Or no, no, he's for opening for oh. one of those bands, I forget. But the fact that he has the Paul's Boutique instrumentals on mm-hmm. vinyl... Right, right. ...is right. nuts. Like, <laughs> I would love to get my hands on that. That is the ultimate break album. Yeah, oh, yeah, Paul's yeah, Boutique, yeah, yeah. like... That's like a slept on album too. Like, That's like. their best album. Wait, I mean, why do you say slept on? You really think so? Well, because people, they, I don't know. I don't. I don't feel like people talk about that album enough. You know, mm. and they, oh, yeah. they, they tend to talk about uh, the check your head, check your head, or the, their first album, mm. uh, License to Ill. License to Ill. There you go. For me, I mean, I, I loved License to Ill, and I, that was my attraction because it had like slayer shit on it you know mm. and i was like oh that's crazy like what is going on right, right. uh but 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 for me it was um paul's boutique i was like this is bizarre oh, okay musicians you, yeah, yeah. So you've always been open to that like that like left field stuff because at the time um for for, for people that, that were fans of license to ill that was almost like huh. far right or you know what i mean but like at the time for me when license to ill came out it was like license to ill and <clears throat> you know, uh, Run DMC, Raising Hell, and there wasn't, mm. 
and I remember like getting into certain stuff because of breakdancing, like all that stuff on Tommy Boy records yeah. and shit like that. Right. But it, but it, but it, I I remember getting Paul's Boutique and and kind of tripping out on. It, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but there's like Led Zeppelin samples and stuff on there, you know. And I, was, I could hear that. I was right. like, what the fuck? And so then I said, <laughs> that was me like learning, like, oh my gosh, mm-hmm. they're taking all this other stuff and and repurposing mm-hmm. it. Right, right. So it's more like the a, Dust Brothers, though. Mm-hmm. They're the ones who they linked up. They went to L.A. Linked up with was it the Dust Brothers? Yeah. Um, yeah. They linked up with them, so they are the ones who actually did a lot of the production on Paul's Boutique. Uh-huh. But there was all this live instrument playing. Like there was the a few of it, but <laughs> check your head. It was when they really, really uh, got into the live instrumentation. Uh-huh. But the, Paul's Boutique is pretty much what ruined a lot of sampling rights. Mm. That album had so much shit. That's when the fucking. Right. That's when they started cracking down on yep. that shit. Yeah. 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 Which you can't really do it now, right? I mean, can you. Yeah, you can. You just got to fucking pay for yeah, it. You got to pay Or yeah. just not, like, not sell. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> sell under the radar. Yeah. Yeah, I sold 50 albums. Uh, th- like, the lawyer's not going to want it. It's not enough money for them to take you to it's court. It's a waste of time. Right, right. So. Yeah, this this I can't remember his name. This I sent you a link to it. This people solicit my label three one G every now and then with stuff, and this guy sent me this thing, and they're like, and it was crazy because all of it he would sample these little pieces of like Dead Kennedys or Black Flag, and I'm like, oh, that sounds fucking killer, and he'd mm-hmm. he'd, he'd rap over his MC, but I was like, man, I know like Greg Ginn's not gonna mm-hmm. let that happen. Right. You have Black Flag on oh, every that, other song. Uh, that shit was so dope. Right. Yeah, really or like the the Dead Kennedy stuff. Good. I'm like, that just seems like. Um, all of it's noticeable. Mm. Every song has at least one or two punk bands in it, like right. that are oh. the, like the sort of legend legacy bands. But I was like, how how is that can how how can I put that out? Like I I can't <laughs> do it like Jay Z did it and do, put it out for free. That's yeah. how he got fucking super big. Is he did all the Beatles samples and oh. he did the Grey album and he gave it out for the free. Grey album and everybody. But just, he was already established when he did the Grey. Yeah, album. Yeah, but he probably owned like a house. But by that time, he probably owned a few houses after that, I would say. Like, mm. that shit got him fucking big. Yeah. Right. And as being a ghostwriter, too. I mean, mm-hmm. he wrote a lot of shit for Dr. Dre, I believe. Did he really? Mm-hmm. Oh, he shit. wrote um, Still Dre. Jay-Z wrote that? Yeah. What? I didn't know that. Yeah. No shit. Yeah, and Eminem wrote... Um, I know Eminem wrote for Dre too as well. Mm. Yeah, I, I could see that for sure. But yeah. I didn't know Jay Z. I didn't. Yeah, dun, 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 dun. yeah. He wrote the lyrics. Really? Yeah. What? Almost. He's a like ghost singing the Pee Wee Herman song. So, anyways, beyond that, beyond VC Boys, when I first met you, it was weird because my whole background as a kid was fucking Iron Maiden. Okay. Iron Maiden was my life. And then it transitioned, blah, 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 years later. Beats, mm-hmm. turntables, hip-hop, all this shit. Yeah. So when I met you, it was, I thought it was going to be, you know, it, 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 going transitioning into the hip-hop world, everything was hip-hop. Yeah. Everything was fucking hip-hop. And then when we first started hanging out, you're like, you like Cannibal Corpse? <laughs> and I'm like... <laughs> Of course, you know, and you just knew all these like fucking death metal bands oh, right, and all right. this shit. Like, how did you get there? I mean, I was always searching for new music, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? And I, I had friends that listened to all kinds of stuff, um, you know, uh, and, and then just hanging out with with like with with Cubert. He was mm-hmm. heavily into 
um, like Slayer. He listened mm-hmm. to a, another band from Sweden, uh, Voivod. Um, there was another band, uh, Refused. Um, I think he got me into Melt Banana. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and just being around that, mm-hmm. um, I, always searching for different things and different music to be inspired from. Uh, and you know, death metal was one of them, man. And it was, yeah. I just saw a lot of parallels to, to, to scratching and to, to what we were doing, you know what I mean? And so, I don't know, when I met you, I, I think I just, I, I had a feeling you were into that type of stuff. Too. Yeah. So, um, yeah, yeah. Right. That's, that's dope. That's <laughs> and they're dope. both absurd music forms. And mm-hmm. I mean, I, I say that lovingly, you know, they're both right. totally absurd. So it makes sense. Right, right. That's funny you remember that, man. Yeah. That's crazy that I remember everything, by the way. But <laughs> it's funny that Cooper is was into that too, or is into that too. I wonder he doesn't like really express it, you know. He doesn't talk like, about it too much, man. But but um, he was yeah. He got me open to like a lot of the the jazz stuff, a lot uh, of Miles and Thelonious Monk. Uh, um, you know, we'd always have these conversations of like, hey, what are you listening to? What should I be listening to? Uh-huh. What should I check out? You know what I mean? And so uh-huh. I don't know. Um, he yeah, he was. You know how you'll have a select number of friends that are always uh, hip on on the next shit or whatever. And, yeah. and he was kind of one of them. So. One time he uh, he asked me, he's like, oh, you know, how do you make that beat?" He would always be like, "What are you using on that beat?" Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Ah, oh, this is a Slayer sample from like oh, Rain and Blood. Man. You gotta go like find it. It's in the record." Yeah. Fucking light out of my ass. <laughs> Wasn't even there at all. I used to do that at a lot of people. Like, just to throw them off. And yeah, shit. yeah, just because I'm like, not gonna tell you. Marion Faithful or something. Right. Not yeah. Slayer. <laughs> Dude, it was way off. Even for anybody to believe me, I'd be like, I would throw them like in left field. It yeah. was like a, a polka record. Yeah. That I got it from and would tell them like, oh yeah, it's fucking, you know. Right, right, right. Like how the hell it's a it's a kick and a snare and uh-huh. that whole guitar that whole album is just distortion guitar. Yeah. But they yeah. would believe me. You know it's funny. Uh, so, I don't know how we got their their records early on. They, someone gave us these first power records. Mm-hmm. Uh, was, I, I think it was your first record, and and we, me and Q would listen to, it and we would loop up eight bars of of just li- these little snippets and scratch over them, and we're like, who the fuck is Disco Rick and and Henshaw and Zill- Zilla God, mm-hmm. you know? And we're like, we didn't know like who who you you guys were, man, and it, and it was just crazy when we finally met you. Then it was like, all right, I, I want to find out like, how did you make, what did you use to make all these grimy ass dirty beats? You yeah. Know what I mean? And so we were always trying to pick your brain and shit. Yeah, always. And it was never. It was just that we were fucking poor. Like everybody mm. always used to think like I was using guitar pedals. I was using fucking, <laughs> I was using cheap ass shit, and I was buying the fifty. I was in the fifty cent bin while everybody was trying to go and like be mm. these record hunters and yeah, ooh, i'm gonna go get Dra- james brown and i'm like that was already done i was sampling like country music or whatever i can get my hands on like right. i come home with junk and then that's what those albums were made Crazy. from fucking junk yeah. but i would tell people oh yeah fucking yeah whatever distortion xq 2000 <laughs> Throw go find that yeah <laughs> because i didn't want them knowing what we were doing right right so it's a good that's an interesting I guess a parallel to that would be like we just had John Reese from Drive Like Jehu and mm-hmm. Robin Crip on our on our podcast, and I always trip out on him because he has this JCM Marshall JCM eight hundred guitar head that looks fucked, like mm. it looks super fucked. Yeah, and his guitar looks super fucked, 
And then I'll see people that like are constantly hype, like posting like my brand new blah, blah, blah. And you're just like, dude, this is crazy. Like John is the best guitar player and he has the biggest piece Mm -hmm. of shit forever because it works perfect. You know? (laughs) And even like when someone, someone recently stole his guitar, this was like maybe a couple years ago and they did this sting operation and found out who stole it and got it back. Mm -hmm. But he was all bummed because they took like this, there was like a sticker of like a swordfish on it or like, you know, they cleaned it up oh, right, and he's right. like, Oh, I wanted it to be like shitty looking, you yeah, know, because it had, yeah. had like soul. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The essence of the guitar. That's funny. Cause I was, I was just, just talking to Luke about his, his MPC in the, in the studio and it's basically chromed out where all the pads are just off of, you know, years of abuse. Oh yeah. I mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And people want nice shit. You yeah. Know? It's yeah, kind right. of a trip. Right. Right. It's weird. Man. Um, I, 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 and then it's nice to like go to my friend's places and they have like, all of these guitars you're like i just have two and i because i need two right. and that's it and i've had two for 20 years you know and that's it right like, right yeah totally it's like it's like when your old um funk shit up shirt let your fingers do the talking yeah and that's mm-hmm. how i'm very much the same way it's like let the music do the talking and let it like it doesn't have to you don't have to like have all this gear like the gear doesn't make the musician or i don't, i hate calling myself a musician but it doesn't yeah. have to make you you know right, i right. love shitty shit i fucking drink shitty beer and i like you know like i know like you know it's weird i, I, I went through the streets like i went through sort of this phase where i i started to buy every drum machine that i wanted as a kid because i couldn't afford it you know and and then i ended up stockpiling all kinds of crap and I was like it it became too much and I was like man I'm I'm drowning in all this this gear and I'm not using it and it's just it's too much I all I really need is one fucking simple you know sampler mm-hmm. and my one turntable and and, and a mixer and that, that's it and I ended up selling it but I ended up I went through a weird phase where I was buying all kinds of crap just because you know it was this classic legendary thing that I thought you had to have you know mm-hmm. what I mean so yeah, it was a weird phase. I mean, maybe having the classic legendary thing is one thing because they can't. Like I play the Ampeg SVT bass head, and they have the classic, which isn't a classic. But if you have like the real one from the seventies, mm. it's better and different than the classic. Mm. So you just get the real one, and and live your life with that one, right? <laughs> you know, uh, right, um, right. and and don't and don't fuck with the other stuff. You right. know, I mean, because people will see my head and be like, that's. You have a vintage, blah blah blah, and I'm like, I've had it since I was 20. Damn. You know, that was this. I've only owned two bass heads ever, right? Uh, but it works, um, and it'll always work. I don't need the new shit, right? And that's fine. Yeah. But it is crazy how people. I mean, that's a whole other story. We can talk about capitalism, or whatever. Like, why do you need new stuff if you mm-hmm. have some? If you have your tool that makes your craft or your thing, right? Great, right, right. Unless it's going to help you advance. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you? Oh, sorry. No, no, go ahead. I'm just curious, like, as far as, like, getting getting gear, do you do you get stuff from, like, different companies that want you to try stuff out and give feedback and, you know, <clears throat> help out in that way? You know, it's fun. that's a good question. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so Earthquaker, obviously, but... Um, They're awesome. But we... So for me, I got, I got like, sponsored by a friend of mine um, through... To be sponsored by Ampeg, because I use Ampeg um, bass head, and my bass is a Dan Armstrong. Okay. But all my shit's vintage yeah. not like my shit's vintage you know <laughs> but it's vintage because it's, i just play like these old weird mm-hmm. guitars right and they're they're like that's cool we'll sponsor you but we sell nothing that you that you play right and i'm like that's fine and then but their sponsorship is just like a discount you okay. know and i'm like that's not going to help me it looks cool feels cool to be like yeah they're, they're sponsoring me but i don't get anything but with like 
like Earthquaker, they're they're homies. Like they're mm-hmm. they're a company that works like like they're punk very ethically, you know. Mm-hmm. And so they're like they had us perform it at Nam, you know, and like we were just dicking right. around with fucking <laughs> making noise and shit. Yeah, yeah. They, they want they want that because everyone else is out there, you know, doing their. Mm-hmm. Performance, whatever, yeah. and we just re- I was on the NPC and he was on the bass, yeah, Sick. like the oddest pairing, yeah. You would think. We just like yeah. and we up sat all on the floor and, and played. Damn. It was cool as fuck, yeah. right? Right. So right. you know, like that, and like I love Earthquaker. I feel like they're kind of I don't know how to equate. I mean, they all come from like punk bands and stuff. It okay. makes sense. It that makes we, sense. You know, yeah, we're, yeah, we're yeah. like um, a company like Marshall or whatever would, wouldn't really. Uh, do the th- same yeah, thing you know yeah. and what are the, and like what and also too like what kind of product can certain companies give you you know like uh, uh as a basis like yeah you can send me whatever you want i would love to have all that stuff mm-hmm. like because we're sponsored by fender and they gave us this jackson base that's um it feels like a rickenbacker it feels really really nice i'm not i'm not trying to diminish fender itself but um it plays really, really nice. It's and dope, and it and it's in the studio. It's gonna live here. It's it's great, but it uh, also isn't like. Um, it's at my house, actually. Oh, it's way. at your house. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's not gonna, but it's not gonna like replace the Dan Armstrong that I have. Right, the Dan Armstrong feels like a, yeah. a glove. Right, you know? right. It is your glove, though. Like to, to see you, I could never see you with anything else than what you have. Yeah, you know, it's yeah. like it's 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 like formed. It's like a part of you, mm-hmm. and it works. Yeah, you know. But at some point, you know, like, I don't know, maybe with mixers, they'll make one that's like, oh, shit. Okay, this is what we need to start using because they've, they've made the leap to the next level or something. No. I mean, there, there always is that one for a few years. You know what I mean? This is the, the flagship one that, mm. you know, uh, and then it, something advances. else will, will come out. Oh, and there's technology, new technology advances. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I don't, like, like, I... <laughs> Come on in. Oh, okay, sorry. Yeah, I mean, like I, um, like I totally like, like embrace technology and I use it to my advantage. You know what I mean? But I don't, I don't try to let that like dictate my style and sound or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I was always against it. Like, I was always against like advancing with technology because I didn't feel I was there yet. But you, it's like you're never gonna be able to avoid it. So it was like, yeah, let's just fucking get with. Right. Like when Serato came out, I was like, nope, all vinyl, gotta be all vinyl. Right, right, and then right. I was like, you know, or just shit like that. And it was like, wait a minute, you don't have to carry a crate of fucking records <laughs> to a gig? And you yeah. can have unlimited yeah. records. Right, yeah. right. Or I mean, I can you like, imagine going back to like a like a Tascam four track just to... Oof. T- you know, and be having Fuck to no. rewind and do all that shit. Like, Fuck like we're no. we're so used to seeing waveforms now, and yeah, to skip and do it's e- e- crazy too. Because I will occasionally work with people on analog, but like with Luke, I'm like, mm. ugh, he's so good at like editing. Yeah, I'm yeah. like, can you just do the thing and cut it a million, <laughs> a million? <laughs> You're times? the one who taught me that. Really? Yeah, oh, when shit. we did the first, um, damn, when we did that first whatever the record in there yeah. that we worked on. Yeah, because you do the block. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, showed yeah, me how yeah, to do yeah. the blocks, okay. and that's how I work. Oh shit, yeah. that's crazy. But I'll, totally. I'll go fuck with other people, and I'm like, you can't do what Luke does, like, oh. you know. 
I'm very spoiled. Yeah. Yeah. It's cut an next tweaker, you know, so I just It does look crazy, you know, with all of the edits. You're just like, Oh, that's insane. That's right. an insane person right there. Right, right. Uh, most people would be like, Fuck that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Most people want to see it as a structure of a song and I don't see it. I see it as like the, my song is building blocks. Blocks, yeah. So I always yeah. see it like as as a Tetris game, mm. and you're just fitting in here. And when you edit, when you edit, and you're you're kind of like eliminating that line, and, mm. and then to the next point until where it's like, oh, here's the song. Okay, here's you know, right. Here's the exact shape of the song. You're right. Yeah, you're right. It looks like Tetris, though. Yeah, I know what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. And that's the fucking best game ever. Anyway, so. it's classic. I mean, at some point when 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 they had, I guess when DJ culture was becoming a thing, like when, sorry, I'm gonna fucking sound like an asshole here, but like it's the the fader, the fader. right? Yeah, yeah. Like that had to have evolved, right? Oh, big time. Yeah. yeah. Big so time. so at some point, because that you're like brutalizing that. Fucking yeah, thing. and like in the '80s, you know, the the mixer back then, you had to go to Radio Shack and get their realistic, the realistic. and they had this. I mean, the fader was so stiff, and mm -hmm. and it had this weird click in the middle, and, and you, oh, you, like so you knew where the middle. Yeah, point, yeah, and so you couldn't, you couldn't really, you could barely scratch on that thing. You know what I mean? You had to throw spray in W WD forty mm -hmm. to get it loose. You know, we had all these tricks to of how to get it to be all loose. We should have done the video with one of those mixers today. Oh man, I know, right? <laughs> we should have. You should have told me. That. I know. I would have brought that. <laughs> I knew you had one. And so, like, people that knew would be like, what the fuck are they doing with that yeah. piece of shit? But the people who knew would be like, right, right. oh, shit. Yeah. Because like, they had these VU meters on mm. there, too. You know what I mean? So oh. It just looked 80s. Yeah. You know what I mean? When Herbie Hancock watches the video, he'd be like, oh, <laughs> shit. They did that realistic. <laughs> oh, um, shit. Man, let's give a shout out to Radio Shack, though. They always had, like, the best shit. They did that. Done. I know. But, done. but they did that Moog. Uh, Oh yeah, they the, did. The what was it? The Moog I can't, uh, synthesizer. Yeah, I can't a little. The, I, I want to call it something that it's not, but uh, yeah, yeah. And I remember finding one of those and using it in my other band, The Locust. Like it, we found one at a pawn shop, and we're oh. like, "Holy shit!" You know, there's the there's the random like. Right. I was like, "Oh, that's the best sound," you know. <laughs> um, that's probably worth a lot of money these days. Now man. it is. Oh, yeah. yeah, we found one for seventy five bucks at this pawn shop. Damn. Where I also got my first Rickenbacker bass for two hundred and ten dollars. It was crazy. Yeah, no shit. So, um, yeah. So that so like the gear question is interesting because it it has evolved into something. But I wonder what the next step will be uh, hmm. gear wise. Yeah, I mean now they have these hybrid. It's a turntable, right? Slash, it's a controller. So it's like you 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 can play records on it, real vinyl. And on top of that, you can connect it <clears throat> to your laptop directly, and and you don't need actual vinyl um, to to play. You can play digitally, you know what I mean. So you can play it through um, a um, like a program like like Serato, and play your music through there, and it and it'll, it'll you know you're able to scratch and and release the record. So it'll Definitely. make a wave, or it'll make a file, so you can yeah. see it in Serato. So it's like a C. Have you seen those uh, CDJs? Yeah. So it's like a CDJ. But on top of that, it has a tone arm with a needle, and you can put a record on and play a record. Ah. At the so it's like trying to kill two birds in one yeah, song. Yeah, yeah. What do you think about CDJs? Uh, I've always hated them. Man. Yeah. Yeah. It seems pretty silly, huh? Yeah. I mean, the the platters didn't move also. Yeah. And there was just, you know, it was like a tiny little platter. It just yeah. didn't feel right. It felt like you were on a, 
you know, instead of a surfboard, you're on those like boogie boards or something. You know <laughs> yeah, I mean? That's a great way. It was like it. weird. Yeah, yeah. I, I did a tour <laughs> with, with people that, that uh, DJed on, on those. And, uh, and uh, I don't want to talk shit. I thought yeah. they were fucking lame. Yeah. And I work with a lot of people that really close yeah. with that are just, it, it's just fucking lazy factor. I have one in the corner over there. It's not mine. Oh, really? Yes. Yeah, it's, it's fucking. But. <laughs> <laughs> It's just annoying, and they do it just because it's it's for convenience. You right. know what I mean? And it's like, do I hate the product itself, or mm. do I hate the fucking person who insists on fucking playing it? Mm. You know? Right, I, right. I mean, you know, I think for simple mixing, like, you can get get away with it, but anything mm-hmm. beyond that and technical, like, it, it's not. Yeah. It's, it's if you're not. playing like some pool party. And everybody's dancing and dancing the whole way through, and you had a thirty-minute slot and just come in. Yeah, boom, I get it. Right, right. But right, if we're right. doing a show, like if we were to do a Planet V show, yeah. and you saw me just be like, you know what, I don't, I don't want like, I didn't feel like bringing the NPC. Yeah, I didn't feel like bringing all this stuff. I'm gonna just fucking CDJ tonight. Okay, so I, I'd be I, like, I did a collaboration with these dudes that had CDJs. So okay, you don't know who they are, I don't think so, okay. and I'm gonna not name them. Yeah, but like. So they're just fucking posers, right? Basically. Let's go ahead and say that. Name on first. <laughs> what kind of like, because I mean, there's no like real technical I know it thing is. happening right there, right? Mm, there, it's very it's very basic if, if there is something happening. Minimal. It's very minimal. Play. Play or just jabba jabba, like a little sound effect. You know what <laughs> yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. Nothing jabba, beyond jabba, yeah. jabba jabba doo. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just want to like put that out there. If anybody's listening to this knows what's up, then that's what's up. Yeah, um, yeah. But, uh, <laughs> what about a turntable guitar? Kitar? What is that? Kitars are fucking sick. Kitars are like the guitars. Yeah, they remember Vestex made oh, one? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They made one. Yeah. They remember they made Swampers. it was the turntable. Right, right. And then it had the the keys. So what uh, would be the point of They just did it for just to get a bunch of likes at the NAM show, I'm sure. Yeah. Could, but I mean like if you're if you're scratching the note of the guitar, is that what the, that was happening? Oh, actually that'd be sick. Like if you're playing the tone, yeah, and then you can manipulate it. You know, like the controller one, right? Uh, I, I never got to to mess around with that that thing, that instrument you're talking about. The, the key ones are yeah. sick with like the the slit, the strip where you like, yeah, you can bend it and all yeah. that. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't think it was quite like that though. It was a just a, rec- a regular like CDJ player, right? Yeah, but it was like a turntable uh-huh. that you would. I don't know. Maybe I just dreamt this. No, yeah, that sounds bizarre. But we were at NAMM show. They had it there at the Vestex booth. Yeah, I remember that, but it was just a CDJ, basically, um, like, but you maybe. hold it upright, basically. Yeah. But I don't think you could play any notes, unless you saw something else that I didn't, mm. I didn't, I couldn't remember. Yeah, It's like the car record player. Oh, That's shit. That's our yeah. friend what? made that. Yeah, Who the van? <laughs> Chuck. Oh, yeah, 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 that little sound. The vinyl killer? That yeah, that's, that's the guy who would... Fly us to fucking Japan to go play. He made those? Yeah, well, yeah. his company did. Yeah, yeah the Vinyl yeah. Killers. The little vans, and they go around the turntable. And it's like a Volkswagen. No, 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 no. I'm talking about um, cars that have a turntable. Oh. oh. I've only seen that in like in, in like a magazine or something. Yeah, I've never seen one in real life either. Okay, okay. It's, but like, you hit a bump, and it's just like, <laughs> it's fucked. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. That's crazy uh, right like there. Like, put a turntable in the middle of your waterbed? Waterbed. Waterbed turntable. Yeah. Did you just make that up? Yeah, totally. <laughs> it pretty much sounds like it. Who even owns a waterbed these days? 
Sorry. Nah, fuck. Oh, I was about to say. I don't know. The worst. I stayed at my friend's house and that's it, why I can't and sleep. It, and it got a hole, and I was I woke up oh, and I thought I peed. Shit. And I, I was a little kid, but I didn't pee. It was just nah. a hole. <laughs> Fucking stupid. Oh, that's a dumbass idea in the eighties. The water. Man. Whoever came up with this probably fucked up on cocaine. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So let, let's dive into like the visual scratch pickles stuff. Like that's a pretty wild idea to get a bunch of you guys together right or yeah. has that been done before no no that was that was the first of its kind as far as like doing music yeah type stuff um so i didn't i joined the group a little bit later okay i i jumped in around 96 97 but cubert mix master mike dj apollo um dj disc they were doing turntable band stuff earlier like <clears throat> 94 95 and um so it's that's a technical term term table band turntable band yeah. basically yeah okay. yeah and uh you know it's like it should just be banned but yeah yeah but i guess they were trying to make it make mm -hmm. it a, a statement with it yeah but they were doing that that kind of stuff and they were they were like experimenting with like mcs also so they were doing the music live and having people rap and then um and they got into battling and uh, i don't know if you've seen any of the, the dmc battles but uh -huh. that's kind of the the blueprint for it and when i saw them doing that then i realized fuck i don't want to just do this by myself i want to do this as a band yeah. and, and make fucking music and and that's when the light bulb went off and um and then when i got asked to join in like 96 97 then i was like fuck it it's on now like yeah i fucking dropped out of school and i <laughs> and we started i hit the road you know what yeah. i mean i got to finally i first my first International show was was Canada. It was at Calgary, and I was just oh, happy cool. to get out yeah. of the U.S. You know. So kids that are listening need to drop out of school. I just want to say that. <laughs> okay. Yeah, but I was lying to my parents, man. They thought I was in school. Wow. But I was just, you know, taking the money, selling my books, taking it. You know, what I mean, um, using the money yeah. for whatever sure. reason and Fuck. for and, records. Yeah, you know, whatever, mm. food and stuff, and and yeah, I was, you know, I I knew I wanted to do music at that point, you know. But yeah, it was a turntable band thing, um, that that I felt like was something I wanted to do for the rest of my life. So how do you guys approach that though? The band element, like you're gonna be this instrument, this you know, like you're gonna be this instrument. Yeah, I mean, everyone has their different strengths. Um, so for example, Shortcut, he's a really good drummer. So he's usually a good drummer on a turntable. Yeah, uh -huh. yeah. So eighty percent of the time, he's usually drums. Cubert is a great soloist. You know what I mean? He loves yeah. to just, just he can just go off. He's like a, a Miles Davis. And he'll, you know, he usually will be the soloist. Uh, I'll usually hold down the melodies or the bass line. You know what I mean? And, and that's sort of the structure of it right there. Wow. We can all like switch and I can be the drums and or Q could be the drums. And I think that's the strength of a good band is when you can just swap instruments or sounds, you know. Sure. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Wow, that's crazy. So I didn't realize you guys approached it like that. Yeah, yeah. And it's... You know, like we have a structure, but it's loose structure, so it's so it's not it's sort of an organized sort of chaos. You know what I mean? Hmm. We 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 know kind of like what like like we know the the chorus is going to be eight bars, but I don't know how long Q's going to solo. Mm -hmm. He'll just give me a look, like all right, I'm I'm done, or I'll, I'll kind of feel it out. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and you know, like to end it, like even if you you know, like when if if he gives you that look, you gotta like hey, you gotta fill it up to there. Mm -hmm. Then I'm gonna come in, right? And you can hear it, hear it in, or watching you guys live. Mm -hmm. You know, like when you switch off, and you know, right. 
Of course, though, like Shortcut is like a master on the fucking drums. He's so like, yeah, uh, precise. Very, very precise. Very sharp and clear, and doesn't step out of his lane to show off. Yeah, yeah. Or anything. Yeah. He's very like. Yeah. He knows how to comp- how to compliment, how to, <coughs> totally. how to lay out, and all that stuff. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, show-offs are kind of a bummer sometimes. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Have you seen those like funny uh, drummer um, videos where they just show a drummer oh, yeah. going crazy? Yeah. <laughs> the ZZ Top one yeah. church guy or whatever, the guy's yeah. fucking crazy. Right, right. I mean, I, I actually messaged that guy on, on YouTube, and, and, and I was like, dude, can we start a band? And we no were talking. way. Yeah, what? but then I, I don't know what happened. I think we just, I was like, whatever. <laughs> but he looked fucking crazy, you know? Um, what about that drummer that was in the? I think he was in Japan or something. Oh, it was like Korea or something. Yeah, in the he, bunny outfit yeah, or whatever, yeah. and he just does the hardcore solo. <laughs> oh yeah, Bla- like blasting and yeah, shit. Yeah. He's like got a big old like grimace uh, outfit yeah, or whatever. Yeah. Oh, that's classic. Man. Uh, that's what you need to do. Get a fucking <laughs> outfit, huh? <laughs> <laughs> what do you? Ha- how do you guys feel about like um, bands that are in, in full like, like costumes? Stupid. Yeah. <laughs> I'm guilty of it, but yeah. I mean, I don't, no, it's fine. It is what it is. Right. I mean, I, if the music's good, yeah, then mm. do whatever you want, but don't do it without perfecting the craft of the the sound. Music should be first, right? Yeah, right. totally. We always um, somehow managed to revisit Gigi Allen, but I feel like he didn't have like a uniform, but like he had a a, a, a vibe, you know. Like if right. you're gonna fucking take a shit on stage, you, his music sucked, but you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. but I feel like there's a lot of bands that, that it's second, like we look cool, but you sound mediocre, right, you know? Mm-hmm. Right, right, right. Um, I, I, I wasn't, was in this band, the locust and we wore uniforms, but it was, we didn't normally, we didn't set out to do that. Mm. People were talking shit about the way we looked. Oh. And so we're like, well, fuck you. Then we're going to wear these things. And right. then it evolved into like a uniform. Okay. But you know, we were, we were taking reference points from bands like Devo or residents or right. even like later Beatles or something, you know, where it's like everyone looked fucking cool. Right. But we could play our instruments right. and write there music. Go. There you go. I'm just curious when you guys would, would tour, would you bring multiple like uh, costumes of that? Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. To get through a month or whatever. Sure. <clears throat> well, so, yeah. I mean, we learned the hard way because you have to always have a backup one. Someone stole one of Gabe's mm. um, uniforms once, and we were, you know, we were like, "Fuck, what do we do?" Right. You know, like someone stole that shit. Mm-hmm. They're almost as value as the, valuable as the is like the the pedal board or whatever you know weird instrument you have. Right. Uh, um, right. But it, but it, yeah, maybe maybe the scratch pads and the lack of laundry mats while you're on the road. Oh, probably. So yeah, I'm sure. Gabe's happened. is always like salty, you know. And <laughs> I hang it up. Oh. oh yeah. you see sweat. that sweat stain just yeah. dry? It's like a white whole thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> I have, dude. When I run, like I hang up my clothes and I come home, and and I see that same fucking stain, yeah. and I always have to. Like, it's like cat pee. Oh. <laughs> God damn it! Why did I do that? And I fall for it every time. Yeah. <laughs> let me just make sure this is gonna be disgusting. Yeah, yeah. totally. There's a weird curiosity to that. Huh? I was like, let me smell this real quick. Yeah, <laughs> totally. It's fucking gross. <laughs> but yeah. So yeah. there's this other thing that you did, and I it's like an institution institute for. Oh, can you can we talk about that? Yeah. So it's the Beat Junkie Institute of Sound, and um, and that's our DJ school in. In LA, it's in Glendale, but LA area, um, and uh, it was started by um, myself and the Beat Junkies, um, and it's you know we all came from the battle scene and from you know some of the guys were doing radio DJing clubs, and we got to the point where you know we don't want to do 
clubs anymore. You know, we just feel too old and all that. And so we wanted to, um, you know, open up a DJ school where we could pass on, you know, all this 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 uh, information and this you know this art that that we love, uh, and and pass it on to the to the to the young kids. You know what I mean? So so basically, um, you know, we, we teach we teach basic DJing, uh, just the fundamentals. Uh, we teach scratching, trick mixing, uh, beat juggling. Um, is it similar to School of Rock or something? It's kind of like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's kind of like geared that. towards younger people. Uh, I mean, it's all ages. We have mm-hmm. you know kids that are eight years old, and we have students that are fifty five year old. Oh, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. And some people just it, it's more of a, a passion they've always wanted to to learn. Some people are already <laughs> working DJs and they just want to sharpen their skills uh-huh. or whatever. Uh, one thing we notice is a lot of people just have sort of bad habits where they've they've learned. A weird way like in their own weird way because a lot of us started as bedroom djs mm-hmm. and so we didn't really know what was right and wrong and so we have weird habits where you know we hold the record the wrong way and, and so you know we're, we're we've um we've learned from trial and error that there's certain ways that we could do things that are better and that makes sense and so that's kind of what we teach you know what i mean Man. like breathing through your yoga poses <laughs> breathing through your, yeah yeah the basics, it is right? the same You're right yeah, right it is right. it's breathing through everything yeah that's yeah. so funny i worked at this club for a while and the and the owner was a he he would like headline uh dj there because he was the owner mm-hmm. and um he, i remember he went away to new york to go to dj school and i was like what the actual fuck man oh, and shit. i would talk all this shit like uh. call, you know like who goes to fucking dj school <laughs> yeah, yeah but so and I and I like the guy. I just couldn't relate to him because he was like filthy rich, and I was I was a barback. You know, I was like the right. lowest tier. But um, he um, he wanted to be like a big DJ and like mm. remix Britney, and so he would he would headline his his DJ nights and and be like, all right, you stop the music. I'm gonna play my Britney remix right now, and then he would fucking do it again. Oh. You're like, dude, you don't announce it twice or once, and so the so yeah, I yeah. I had like talked so much shit about people going to dj school but now so and then i figured out what you guys do and i was like damn man that's like a little bit different than what i thought it was but i'm pretty sure he was going to like just learn to be you would put it in in, in very eloquently as like a a dj opposed to a turntablist okay so i think he was very much just wanted to dj in the clubs yeah and it sounds like he wants to be more of a producer too or you know the remix thing and Mm -hmm. Just kind of shout out himself. Yeah, you know what I, mean? I couldn't tell if it was a fucking remix or not. I was just like, right. this sounds like the same song. DJ yeah. Rich. <clears throat> yeah, it wasn't so called that. Cut- no, <laughs> we cutting that out. No, it's fine. It was a uh, yeah. This guy Nick No, DJ Nick No. Oh, so. Nick. But no. it is. It's very. I don't know. Touching when you guys post the k- clips of the kids, and you have the fucking kids there, and yeah, they're like learning, man. and but. You know, some of them suck. Yeah, but some are natural and some are. They're eight are, years are old. Dude. I know, and that's right. the like. But the fucking smile on their faces. Oh yeah. When they have them on the uh, around the table, like the octagon or whatever, right. whatever they're in there. Just the their when when you guys post the videos and you see their fucking <coughs> smiles, I'm like, that's what it's about, mm-hmm, right mm-hmm. there. That's what makes them want to come back, and I'm sure yeah, they're yeah. in school. Right, but doing they, doing math and being like, one day I want to be like Dave and quit school and right. be a DJ. Yeah, they're doing math, but they're thinking of DJing. I mean, yeah, you know what I mean. Totally, that's yeah, yeah, how yeah, I yeah. was. I was doing math and thinking about. I wanted to be Steve Harris, dude. I right. wanted to fucking be an Iron Maiden. Right. And right. I, even though I did all of my work while I was doing it, I was like, 
dunk, 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 dunk in my fucking head. Right. But you know what's crazy, man? The kids, they learn so much faster than the adults. You know what I mean? They, they, they're like sponges, right? Yeah. And, and like within like one year, um, it's, it's, it's scary how much they advance. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And they're, our, our kids right now, they're at the level where they can compete in those, those DMC competitions. Wow. Like they're that good. And they've learned yeah. in a span of one or two years. You know what I mean? That fast. And yeah. I, I wish as, as a kid we had that type of thing because mm-hmm. for, for the longest time, all the, the techniques that, that we do as far as DJs and you know the scratches, the B-juggles, that was all a big mystery. We had to study that from VHS tapes mm-hmm. or from just listening to things on record. You know what I mean? And constantly play it back and slow yeah. it down and rewind it. And so now that we actually scienced it out and we can teach it, you know what I mean? It, the, the learning process is so much quicker now. And they, it's scary how advance these these kids yeah. are, but you but you know you all that figured that out teach these kids who are obviously able to get it really quick but they're going to create the next thing yeah that that the world is going to get yeah and i mean it's important to, that we 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 let them know like look <clears throat> we're just showing you guys this this simple alphabet but you guys need to take this further and find your own voice that's so cool I mean? so that's the point of it right like yeah, so, yeah. definitely and so is the institute recognized like you know, music, music. Uh, yeah. no, no, I wish, I wish, but it's still at, at, at a young stage. You know what I mean? And we're, you know, we're trying to get to that, to that point where, yeah. you know, maybe like a UCLA might be like, okay, this is an extension uh, course that we could provide. Um, but I think that's, you know, I think that'll come with, within due time. I feel like it should be here. I mean, yeah. uh, you already can go and like, take college courses on like punk and stuff you know or hip-hop or whatever yeah they have that yeah what the hell i just was in canada and vancouver and this there's this professor that lives up there uh of of a college up there and and i put out a book and i I don't know i'm not a writer i don't know the fuck i'm doing Mm kind of like my bands or whatever (laughs) but um i remember at one point the publisher was like hey we just sold like a shitload of your books to to in canada and it turns out because it was on his syllabus and all the students had to buy it so um at one point I got in touch with him. I finally met him in person recently, but he, you know, he was like, he's like, um, you, you know, teaching this, it's a cultural studies class on punk, mm-hmm. which could mean anything. It could mean like, you know, no effects or it could mean right. napalm death, you know, right, um, right. but it, whatever it was, that was part of it. So, I mean, I feel like if people are recognizing it on, on some sort of, uh, academic level, mm-hmm. wherever you guys are at already having this like, established, um, business right Right, you know like teaching kids like it should be yeah yeah i mean there's a there's a there's an instructor out in um damn i think it's in boston i'm not sure but he 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 teaches it and uh he has people come out and and do you know guest guest lectures and stuff Mm. um so i think that's someone we probably need to connect with because he's already in that that academic world and you know i i know he knows about us it's just we haven't really you know gotten on the same page with him so it's 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 only like that one thing and then once he does it then all the other right, right. instructors will be like oh yeah we can do that too right right get and then you guys just become uh lecturers yeah but you know <laughs> it, it's funny you mentioned so you, a, you go back to school <laughs> <laughs> i know but like places like canada and places in europe they always seem to be more yeah america sucks more ahead right yeah. like yeah man like, what they the don't hell? know what the fuck's going on here <laughs> right like, well i mean i don't know like dj nick no went and went to 
class. I went to school. But, but, but I mean, yeah, where he, is he now, though? Is he, is he, is he a big time? No. No. Yeah. Okay. So. He sold his bar and he's already, he was already rich okay. as fuck. How was his uh, Britney Spears remix, though? I, I couldn't was tell. Was it better difference. than mine? <laughs> no way. Yours was great. He had this Cumbia one. Oh, yours was uh, the shit. Yeah, yeah that was the jam. Yeah, yeah, when we first bitch. became friends, I was like, what the fuck is that? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. He, he let me hear that shit, too. And yeah. I was like, what the fuck? That was no, Dark Britney. Yeah, yeah. It was so good. Right, Like, right. that's the shit that if, like, Nick Noah was doing, I'd be like, oh, yeah, I see why you went to school. Right, <laughs> but, right. I never thought I'd hear a Britney in that in that kind of, like... Me neither. Right, there, right? It was so good. Mm-hmm. Um, we should make that available somehow, and maybe mm-hmm. we can add that to the end of Free this podcast. Download, yeah. Yeah, fuck yeah. But it was, like, it. it was like a... Dark, spooky, cumbia, Britney remix, right? Slow. It was like half time. Yeah, yeah it, it was. It yeah. wasn't cumbia though. It wasn't. I, no, I th- I did another one. There's an, I think I, I did. Have a I kissed a girl. I, I, uh, Katy Perry. I kissed a oh, girl. Oh, I didn't hear that one. And then I mixed it with um, <clears throat> who's the girl who did uh, shit? What's the girl? Lick that pussy cause it tastes so good. The playground girl. The Play- playground. Who's that? Christina Aguilera? What's that pussy? <laughs> oh, it's like... Um... It's so good. And I did Christina Aguilera, too. You did? Was, okay. Yeah, in my opinion, one of the best. Yeah. Back shit. then, she had the, she was the best vocalist. Mm. But, uh, damn. Yeah, I did Katy Perry. I did Janet Jackson. That was the whole project was Filthy Pretty. Oh. It was like these pretty voices over filthy music. Okay, okay. We should put that shit out, man. I know. Yeah. But it's... You'd have to put it out for free. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think maybe it goes all. I'll make money anyways. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the stuff we don't put out for free doesn't sell. <laughs> um, but I feel like it maybe it's like this full circle because it goes back to like how you were saying like when you when you guys first met you like you like Cannibal Corpse mm-hmm. like what the actual fuck. Mm-hmm. So it, it is really I think the people that are innovators come from they're using stuff from two different worlds or multiple worlds. Right. Right. Where when you're like. The Nick No DJ, you're just like, I want to be just like this one thing. You don't, you don't, you're well, just yeah. tunnel vision and you're going to yeah, not yeah, really yeah. innovate. Right, right. He's definitely, you know, just, yeah, like trying to copycat something else. And we're trying to grab mm-hmm. stuff from all over the place and create something new or whatever. And I he mean, probably has enough money to fail and just be like, oh, okay, it didn't work out. I'm going to go do this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, DJ school. Uh, that is another interesting thing too because it does come out come down to, like again like the the capitalist aspect like if you're rich i feel like you are a little bit you're you're going to be more comfortable and not experiment and not mm-hmm. have the desire like i don't know i mean all my friends like we'd always just grow up poor as fuck and that's why we got into punk and hardcore cuz we 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 knew we could do the think that was cheap you know mm. we couldn't be in a real like big rock band we were just like we're right. fucking scummy we have broken gear and <laughs> we come from broken homes and we're gonna make something and right that's what we did do you think that's why a lot of like <clears throat> bands uh like their first two albums are like better <clears throat> than anything because they like they're hungry oh, the earlier they're years. creative and they make this fucking great album and then they get signed to a label and then the label's like well we want a three album deal you know they release that first one when they're hungry which is awesome right then they throw them on the road and they give them all kinds of money and then they're spending their money and then the label's like well you owe us an album 
in four or five months yeah. or whatever so they fart and then out. they don't have any no, none of them right. have thought to get back in the studio and because they're they're not hungry anymore yeah, it, it gets like, too polished at that yeah point too, right? that's what I, I i do i mean that might happen a lot because i mean mm-hmm. there are bands like a, a good example would be cattle decapitation who who's like constantly churning out not churning out records mm-hmm. but like i feel like they're evolving and they're fucking really really hard working and passionate where totally. a lot of bands do get success and they just fart around and don't put any effort into it mm-hmm. they get lazy mm-hmm. so i wonder what i wonder what makes you either stay hungry or determined to make something cool or if you're just like rich and you don't give a fuck anymore yeah it's mm-hmm. weird right right uh, it is weird that's all i wasn't in I know I fucking mentioned this band on every podcast. Don't do it. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna change the name. Pink Floyd, yeah. Mink Moid. <laughs> this band. No, but Pink Floyd, the same thing. After like Dark Side of the Moon got successful, they fucking toured all of them. Fucking yeah. made all kinds of money, and they all bought their house. And Roger Waters went to go visit each band member, and he was just like, kind of like disgusted because. And no other band member had a keep us like his whole house revolved around a studio when he mm-hmm. recorded the wall mm-hmm. he bought the house next door to the fucking studio Damn. he because that's how obsessed he was with the album but right. before that after dark side of the moon he went to every like member's house and he was like he had the swimming pool with the diving board mm. and this guy had the fucking water slides and this and that and he was like not one other member had a I didn't see one tape machine. I didn't see one recorder. I didn't see mm. a room. Wow. I didn't see guitars. And he was like, my whole house was like, I built a fucking studio. Right. And that's how I think you get that luxury lifestyle. And, you mm. know. So right. you always bring up Pink Floyd and I always bring up Gigi Allen. It's like, Gigi Allen, you just stay fucked up on drugs and mm. shit all over the place and you'll <laughs> never make anything good, but you'll, but you'll stay consistent. <laughs> 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 yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, I'm just not a poop person. Yeah. I I think it's amazing that you were able to to almost get into the show, man. Um when when he played out, out here. It, the, the show was out here. The Gigi Allen show. Yeah. 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 I, I think you're the only person I know who's who's gone. I mean, I it's crazy. I went with my friend, oh, well, I didn't know. So like when mm. I went, my now one of my best friends Rob Moran, mm he was there like and he was in this mm. band and broken like we were you know like and then we started a band together later like and some girls were like but we didn't know each other at the time you okay. know so like some oh. of my friends were there wow that i didn't know were my friends yet right right um, but you had to be what 18 to get in there 21 21 yeah okay and i was i think i was 14 i might have been 13 gotcha yeah it was fucked like there's <laughs> no reason i should have been there it was so close to my house though and right. i was able to get there and okay like, tr- try but i mean see. but you already knew who gg allen was yeah at the yeah time. yeah yeah, I I I didn't know who he was till later, and so I, I had to play catch up on, on on his whole shit. You know what I mean? I got in, literally. I discovered all the weird shit right right away. Damn, we're really way too early. Yeah. Um. Not Herbie Hancock. Dude, but it what? Like, when did that come out? I was eight, I, know, I think, I know, when that came out. When Ten. Rocket came out, yeah. I still have the same seven inch I've got when I was a kid. Damn. That's sick. It was, that was life changing. Yeah. I got to meet Herbie Hancock at NAMM. <laughs> what? And I got Fuck. him to sign my Herbie Hancock uh, Rocket Records. Yeah. I got Holy that shit. You knew he was going to be there? Um, yeah, I knew he was going to okay. be there. No, he just that, carries that's it with him all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> no, no, he was supposed to be at whatever. Vinyl like, only. Some booth, you know what I mean, yeah. playing piano. So. Damn. Yeah. And he was probably pretty psyched, right? I mean, 
Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, is weird when he, he was meet. a nice dude. Actually. Yeah, super cool guy. Man. I got to see Stevie Wonder. Oh, like, he's walking around everywhere. Yeah, but we got me and Mike Boo. Oh no! Got shit. to see him play in this little private room. Oh, you saw him play? Wow. Yeah, play. Oh, okay. And you know who I got to see play? Um, with my son in a little private room, Billy Cobham. No way! Fucking, I really? shit you not. It was what? amazing. Yeah. Yeah, shit. his drummer, Mahi Vajnu Orchestra. I mean, uh, he sampled through hip hop. Uh, I mean, wow, plenty, you plenty saw of him times. Play? What the hell? He was at the Nam show. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It is pretty cool. I I went to a wedding and and Tom Waits performed. No way. A song for the bride and groom. Really? Yeah. It's pretty rad. No shit. Like that's the shit when you go to that. But I was gonna say something about like we we're talking about um, Herbie Hancock and Bree. Oh. I, Glenn Danzig's a fucking butthole. We talked about him on the on the, <laughs> really? pre- on the previous podcast, but yeah, he's a total butthole. Um, uh, but I went to meet Glenn Danzig when Danzig the first Danzig album came out, and I was a big fan of Sam Hain and Misfits. So and I, Danzig was fine, but I went, and I remember like all the people in line at, Tar, at Tower Records like mm-hmm. had the Danzig record, or they had they had like bootleg misfit shit and oh. he wouldn't sign any of that bootleg misfit shit, you know, oh, which, which is fine. But I remember thinking ahead of time like, all right, I'm gonna bring like this rare Sam Hain record because mm-hmm. it had members of Sam Hain in it mm-hmm. but I brought the Thrasher from 1986 or 84 I can't remember with him on the cover and I remember um, he, that's not a bootleg it's a fucking rad weird other thing you know right. and and I remember like oh and Chuck Biscuits I brought this hardcore California book that I had Chuck Biscuits sign so like everyone was psyched on the shit I had it was like mm. I didn't show up with the Danzig record right. or I didn't show up with the bootleg I showed up with like the weird deep cut weirdo yeah. like thrasher and the and the book and you know people they were like look at this you know yeah, and like we were just yeah, like yeah. hanging out you know and That's i was true. a little kid i was like 15 you know just like hanging out with danzig right. not where like right. everyone else is like sign it and get the fuck out of my face you know right right um yeah yeah you had the rare shit man you but know? it's just like the the way you like look at it and mm-hmm. and like you know i mean i i don't know what herbie Can- hancock's like thing would be but for me it'd right. be like i'm taking my fucking rocket seven inch dude right. like that's what i'm getting signed right right Cool. <laughs> um, we could probably cap it there. Okay. Yeah. It's a bit, yeah. Anything new you're working on or anything you want to talk about? Uh, He's going to start a band with some drummer that we know. Frost-Hussey yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd love to experiment with, with other musicians, man. Like, I get, I, I love, like, doing the turntable band thing. But, you know, I, I like, I have fun, like, just creating noises and sounds with, with others, mm. other musicians, so... Yeah, I mean, the shit you did on the Planet B record that if anyone hears this will not know the song yet, um, mm. it blew my mind. It was, like, oh, so man. fucking rad. Thank it's you, so rad. Like, Thank I you. Know. I edited that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. For me, like, when I first heard it, it felt like when I first heard Rocket. Whoa, really? You know, like, I was yeah. like, holy fucking shit. This is I'm on this oh, song man. with this dude that's killing it, you know? Oh, shit. Thank so if you, you want to put up with us some more, we could do a full record or whatever. I, I would love to, man. Okay. I would love to, yeah. yeah. Am I only on one song? I, mm-hmm. Oh, I, damn. I thought I was on more than one song. You should be on more than one song. That's a skate face death. Oh, uh, okay. Okay. Which is also sick, too. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, 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 for sure. And that's coming out. So. Okay. Yeah. Um, but thanks for everything. No oh, oh, man, yeah. thank you, man. I'm I'm excited for the for the new album. Can you guys talk about what the what the title is, or is that too soon? I mean, no one knows anything about it yet. Not yet. I don't know. We've been waiting uh, like for over a year Fiction for the album. Fiction prediction. Now. If by the time this comes out, it'll be announced. Fiction okay. prediction. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sick. 
Sick. Okay. Yeah. I'm excited for that, man. So there you had it. Episode 34 of the Colton Culture Podcast. We hope you enjoyed yourself. I'd like mm. to say thank you. Maybe this guy does too. Yeah. Um, yeah. Earthquaker devices. He's badass guys. <laughs> Boom. For, for always hooking it up. Yeah. They are the best. Um, we'd also like to thank Fender, Heartwork Coffee, mm-hmm. you, the listener, Ruinous Media, Becky, Andy. Andy. I don't know. Probably some other people. Um, don't get offended if we forgot you. Yeah. We love you. Yeah. Check out our other podcasts. They're streaming in other places that you get your podcasts from. And uh, thank you for the support. And uh, we'll see you on the next uh, episode. Yep. Colton Culture is proudly sponsored by Earthquaker Devices, Fender, and Heartwork Coffee. Planet B. Planet B.